Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Expanding Your Horizon. Today, I'm joined uh, by Joe Malinowski, our service delivery manager. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about remote work and how to properly secure uh, end users' devices and ensure that the work they're doing stays secure regardless of where they're working from. What kind of started this discussion for us, at least we're going through that, that process ourselves. We're a smaller team and we had a, a physical location. We were going into the office, uh, COVID hit, and like many businesses, we went remote, we went kind of hybrid. Um, and after, what, two and a half years of doing that now, uh, just recently, we decided to t go, you know, it makes more sense for us to just be fully remote. Um, and, and as we were kind of brainstorming some of the, the challenges and the considerations and, and dotting the I's, crossing the T's for ourselves internally to ensure that as we embrace this new normal of being fully remote, uh, we thought, you know, there's some value in talking about some of the, the considerations we're going through, some of the controls. Uh, and uh, with, hopefully it helps one of you as a listener and, and you find some value from it. Uh, so, I mean, as an introduction, the topic of remote work, I mean, it's, it's looking back at the last 10, 15 years, there's been a slow shift in, uh, from where you had to be in the office five days a week doing your job sitting at a desk to then you'd have like a, maybe a VPN. So you could, uh, from the road, use some kind of dial-up or, or an air card and connect in securely over a VPN and you were still inside the fence, so to speak, when you were connected and you could work that way. To fast forward to, to kind of COVID era or post-COVID era, and a new generation of employees and, and, and people coming into the workforce going and, and expecting to be able to pull out their laptop and be able to turn it on and get to work without having to jump through potentially very cumbersome hoops to just be able to become effective. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the, 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 the history and the transition. It's been about 10, 15 years, in my opinion. Joe, you've worked in, in some other organizations, both larger and smaller. What's what's your perspective on this? What's your take? Yeah, it's gotten a lot, a lot better. Um, initially, the work from home that I experienced was it was over dial up and people would hit this one, the Shiva device. It's had a bunch of numbers and people would dial in and it was serviceable. Like it was, there's nothing or there's dialing in and dialing in got the job done. And then we kind of got, all got broadband and that was better. And then VPNs were a thing, but file servers didn't work all that great over VPN. That was kind of slow. And all the applications in the enterprise weren't designed necessarily for uh, long distance you know, over the VPN and they were slow, but now everything's cloud. We got better broadband and like, there is really no difference um, whether I was in the office or working from home when it came to accessing most of our resources, because most of our resources were in the cloud and the stuff that was in the office, like, internet speeds now are like they're like land speeds like I, I noticed absolutely no difference working from home or being in the office from uh from a from a computer or networking performance perspective yeah and i think this ties in a little bit to what we were talking about last week in the concept of zero trust and the shifting of like a an edge first security mindset to more of a securing where the the end users fingers are working from uh that there is no traditional perimeter or, or kind of uh, castle walls, so to speak, that are put up around the, the business, that as businesses are embracing more cloud tools, more SaaS products, they're using things like Asana or Trello or Jira or name the thing, HubSpot, any kind of CRM. It's, uh, it, it's harder and harder to put just a giant 
like the Great Wall of China around the edge of the business. And so that's some of that that shift in how applications are used and how that's delivered has forced this issue of embracing more of a uh, remote first mentality. But it's also been, I think, a shift, like I said earlier, in in the way the younger generations are, are, are wanting to approach a working environment. Uh, and, and that with collaboration tools like um, Zoom, Teams, Google Chat, and, and, and similar, we can have similar experiences to being in the office without having to deal with the burden of the hour each way commute type of thing uh, and, and that burden. Uh, but what we found when, when, when we first went fully remote, I mean, it was, it was a change for us when we went from being in the office five days a week to being fully remote uh, the five days a week. And we found we, we took a hit in the, the camaraderie, the team aspect a little bit, but our productivity went up uh, and all that. So we had a, what was normally easier to manage uh, in person became more challenging. And that became the thing we had to focus on more, but we like the actual delivery, the productivity without the interruptions and the, I'm grabbing coffee. Let's chat for a couple minute disruption. I mean, we're, we're knowledge workers and that's what a lot of, uh, I think businesses are is a lot of, of knowledge work, not necessarily uh, manual labor. Those little interruptions take you out of focus and it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes to get your mind back and productive uh, back to that point. And, and I think that was the big thing for us is when we could not be interrupted all the time. When so, if someone had something to ask, they throw it in a chat. And when you've got a moment to break from what you're doing, you can go answer that question and you can get right back in. You're not getting your thought process interrupted all the time. That was a huge uh, benefit for us. Uh, and the other thing that we saw, because we were we were doing hiring at the time, uh, was the ability to not be limited by just the geographic location uh, for the talent pool. Yep. Yeah. And and for us, I mean, we we were still kind of hybrid, so we still looked more for the 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 semi local. Uh, but we've got uh, we, we talked with other businesses that have embraced basically a, a fully remote where I was talking to one, I think it was last week, they hired someone in, and they're based in Illinois. They hired an employee in Texas, an employee in Kentucky, an employee in Tennessee. Uh, and what it allows them to do is look for the person that fits the job best and, and that, that it's going to work the best for, not who's the best option near me, it's who's the best option. And what that ultimately does is it allows you to build a stronger team Allow you're, you're they're going to be more engaged, they're going to be more fulfilled. Uh, and what they had found during the last year is they were embracing this more uh, remote first, more a, a different approach to who and how they hire and what they look for. Was they found that they had, I think it was 19 people or something like that, that that left their firm over the course of a year, and a lot of them went not just to similar roles but completely different verticals. Which, which signifies, okay, it, it's a, an issue more with an alignment, a personal alignment with the, the job duties and the, the deliverables and, and feeling fulfilled with that role than it is with the role itself. But you remove that, that location barrier from the mix of your applicant pool, and now you can find someone that truly aligns with the role and, and remove some of the burden and the headache and the, the, the interpersonal conflict and the turmoil that an employee may have 
fulfilling a role that they are working in a role that they don't feel fully fulfilled in. And there's business continuity elements at play too. If there's anything that happens regionally, power outages, ISP outages or anything like that. You know, if we all live in a club like we got right now where you have know, Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, you know, we could effectively be hit by the same whatever you know, would impact our ability to do business. But if we have, a, you know, someone out east, out west, down south, wherever it might be, and something hits us, like you could still potentially have that person who's able to contribute to the team while the rest of us, you know, try to stay warm or whatever the case might be. Exactly. Well, we're scrambling to, to, to get things resolved and, and, and all that. And it also allows, like, the remote first mentality affords additional benefits, like uh, in our case, where we're, we're supporting other businesses that may be in different time zones. Well, you can expand your business hour coverage to support those clients without having to, like, have people work odd shifts in, in certain time zones. Or uh, you can almost do a follow the sun methodology uh, from how support is handled and things of that nature. But I don't want to, uh, I'm doing a great job of derailing the focus of this, this podcast uh, and talking about how to secure the remote workforce and just talking about the benefits of the remote workforce. But um, Joe, uh, what would you, if you had to just kind of bullet point a couple key things that you could do to uh, ensure uh, some baseline security for a remote first workforce? Like if, I, if I'm not a business owner, I'm not used to having employees just work from their home or be able to go to a coffee shop and work, how can I protect uh, my employee's laptop and make sure that my data is safe? Uh, sure. The full-time work from home person is kind of not all that different from the partial work from home person. You use a VPN anytime that you're, you're working to keep your data encrypted. Stay off the public uh, Wi-Fi, the airport Wi-Fi, the uh, Coffee shop Wi-Fi. I mean, if you have to work remotely or you want to work remotely, maybe you're a traveling person. You know, use a hotspot. Uh, that's always a, a good way to to keep yourself safe. Um, use a firewall. These are all just kind of basic, everything, everyday things. And I think the good thing about this is it gives, it protects the business. But this is just something that people should be doing regardless of whether it's work from home or just using their computer. These are all you know, good, good things, good habits to get into in the modern, you know, internet age. And I think probably the biggest thing is you want to educate your workers and get everyone operating with the same expectations on the same plan, you know, to kind of follow whatever your company's best practices are for keeping your computer resources secure. Sure. And when one thing I want to kind of, you mentioned, not using the public Wi-Fi and using a VPN. Like those two things kind of go hand in hand. Like whenever you're working outside the office, the physical uh, building, uh, or in our case, we don't have a building anymore. Uh, it's connecting to resources over a VPN. And uh, uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar with what a VPN is, it's a virtual private network is what the, the acronym stands for. Basically, it creates an encrypted tunnel between your, your computer and your company's resources. Uh, and so for us, we use, uh, we take a, a zero trust approach. And so we use uh, a tool that is an, what's called an always on VPN. Basically the minute the computer boots up, the uh, like my laptop, any of our employees' laptops, they're immediately connected to the VPN. No traffic goes out 
uh, like everything's shuttled and filtered and managed and, and secure, uh, and nothing goes out through an insecure connection. Uh, and, and aside from ensuring that our data is safe, the, the additional benefit that most people don't think about is it's the process that, that the burden on your remote employee. We're, we at Horizon, we're a technical team. So like have, remembering the process to boot up, log in, and then connect to the VPN first and, and the process to launch the VPN to sign in and all that, that, that kind of just comes as second nature to us, but it isn't for everybody. Uh, and, and so looking for a tool that makes your employees' ability to work remotely easy and as seamless as possible uh, it, it empowers them. It makes the experience that much better. It reduces friction. And, and at the end of the day, like, in my opinion, we're not really like any MSP should be able to fix computers. Any IT provider in 2023, if they can't do the basics and, and turn the wrench, take a broken computer, secure, fix it, secure a network, set up a VPN, they shouldn't be in, in that business. And we're not really in that business. We're in the business of uh, like, yes, we can do all that, but what we focus on is make improving process and removing barriers and stumbling blocks and making things smooth for business owners and employees. And so that when we go looking for a tool, like the one we use, it's what is easiest for the end user to use. Uh, and, and so every decision we go through is with that person in mind that we create a fictitious profile and how are they going to interact with it? And so if they can just turn on their laptop. And, and within a minute of booting up, they're able to connect and work versus uh, 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 the ability or the, the requirement to sit there, launch the VPN software, type in a username that likely is different than the one they logged into the computer with, remember a different password, click connect, sit there and wait for the lights to go green, and then they have to, to click into links and all that. It, you're creating frustration for the employee if you're going down that route. Yeah, and there was always issues with passwords getting out of sync. You know, it's like the user changes their password, but it's got to change on the VPN. If it doesn't sync up right, then you're spending, you know, a lot of time trying to, you know, make it so, okay, now they got to get on the VPN to be able to work at all. And the always on stuff is just, it's so beautiful. Like, I never think about it. It's, it's boom, it's on, and I can work. And it's, 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 it's seamless. And a lot of, again, a lot of it goes back to think of your end user experience. Yes, it may cost a couple bucks more uh, per employee to, to do something like this. Uh, but it's in a lot of ways, it be, it's like the penny wise pound foolish. Yes, you can save a few dollars in the short term and, and in immediate spend. But what are you losing in productivity every single day that Susie is having to sit there for 15 minutes on the clock? waiting to sign in to be able to get into resources. I, I'm guessing Susie's costing more than that $2 or $3 for that 15 minutes of time that she's losing. Uh, yeah, VPN support was always rough. I mean, once it, it's like, it was fine, you launch it, you log in, and then when it's working, it's like, it's like anything else. If it works, you don't give it much thought. But once it stops working, the amount of time that it would usually take to get everything up and running and, the, you know, we're spending our time, the user's not productive because without the VPN, they can't access stuff. So I, for me, like the always on VPN stuff is just beautiful. Yeah. And I think what goes almost hand in hand with that, and we touched on like password drifts and, and sync issues is moving to a, a single identity management platform. Uh, like, like, uh, 
in the, the traditional realm, there's Windows Active Directory or Microsoft Active Directory. Uh, in this cloud-first approach, there's Azure Active Directory or Azure AD. Uh, and in for most uh, web applications, uh, you can sit there and say, yes, I'll create individual user accounts in each of these platforms. So they go to Trello and they have to remember a, a password and they go to to Asana for project management and they have to remember a different password and they go to um, like Zoom and it's a different password. Or you can just standardize on something, an identity management platform like Azure AD, where that's their identity. That's where the two-factor authentication is managed from. Um, and then you hook that identity management system up to each of your cloud applications. And so the, you, that when, when Susie signs into her laptop in the morning, she signs in as Susie at company.com with her password. Then she, the VPN automatically connects. Then she wants to go to Trello to look at what the tasks are of the day. And she, she goes to Trello.com, click sign in. It goes, okay, are you using an identity management platform that I know that I'm configured for? Yes. Okay. Are you signed into your computer with someone that I recognize? Yes. Okay. Here, Susie, you're already logged in. You don't, like, you're removing that barrier, that friction. And so Susie can just sign in, go to Trello, and boom, she can have access to things. Uh, and by like a side effect of doing using that kind of an identity platform is you're reducing the risk uh, like like the, the platform, how much sprawl, spread and sprawl that you've got for your organization, because now you've got one location, one identity for Susie instead of having one for her laptop, one for Trello, one for every application. Because, you know, Susie's going to reuse some of those passwords. Oh, my God. Because no one can remember like 75 passwords, which is what we, what we would have if we all had to have individual accounts for each individual site. So that once one of these gets compromised, well, then all the others are probably compromised because the bad guys are going to go, hmm, I've got a username, I've got a password. Let me just try this in a bunch of places. Eventually, some will work. At least when you have a single identity provider, if there's an issue, you just reset it in one place. And then all of those resources that you have, you know, your email and your Trello and whatever else there is. Okay, now they're all safe like that, as opposed to like some engineers going, okay, wait, do I have the complete list? Are these all the places where you reuse that account or that password or whatever the case might be? Um, so it's like, it's efficient from a uh, time perspective of the user, it's efficient for the MSP, it's efficient to keep things safe. So it's just, it's definitely a step in the right direction in terms of best practice and ease of use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another thing that we see a lot of interest in, uh, and some companies are more uh, hesitant to, to start employing it and others are kind of just diving in head first, or they've been more familiar with it from a personal side uh, for years. And so they embrace it at the business is using cloud storage platforms uh, like Microsoft has SharePoint and OneDrive. Uh, you've got Dropbox, you got Google Drive, there's box.com. There's there's a multitude of different platforms you can be using. Um, but again, it's giving your, instead of the, the traditional tried and true, like uh, like the F drive or the H drive or the I drive, uh, where you have to be connected to the VPN and then maybe, maybe on a good day, it'll let you actually copy the files back and forth and all that. But it, it's not staying synced up all the time it's not staying current you can't do like collaborative work where multiple people are in a single document at the same time making changes uh the the new 
remote work first mentality is to use a, a tool designed for that for for collaborative document sharing. Uh, and like for us, we're, we're a Microsoft shop, so we're we're SharePoint and OneDrive. Uh, I think like a lot of other MSPs likely are. And one of the side benefits of embracing this for all of our our documentation for like the typical Word docs, Excel files, and things like that is not only do I have that access on my laptop when I need to full experience and all that, but if I'm on the go and I need to look something up for a client um, or I'm trying to just find something and someone asks me a question while I'm on site, I can grab my phone, I can grab my tablet, and as, so long as they're enrolled in the system uh, and, and all that and they're authorized for access, I can access my my documents from anywhere. I can even go to an untrusted computer, not that we'd recommend going to like the, the kiosk computer in a hotel, but if you're in a real bind, you actually can walk up to that and there are ways of signing in securely and keeping that data confidential um, while still being able to access and, uh, the files that you need in that moment. Yeah, and the, the cloud, cloud file storage is like, just it's so much better than the local file storage because you've got, it's encrypted when it's in transit, when it's at rest, so when it's sitting on this, wherever the server is, it's encrypted when it's getting shuttled between your computer and the server it's encrypted which you know usually isn't going to be the case on just some file server sitting in an office the access controls are more advanced you have the ability to very easily if you want to share a document with a third party or the vendor or with a client you can do that in a safe way that isn't sending it over email which has a lot of risk in case the email gets compromised you don't know what they think you know you've got some customer list that you send to someone email gets compromised okay now, now you could be in some real trouble or let's just say the the recipient forwards it on so you trust yeah. that recipient but nothing stops them from forwarding it once you've attached it as an like to the email it's left your control but sharing a link to a file on in a cloud storage platform you control access to that file yeah I, the collaboration you mentioned that it's really cool the way it works now. You can actually see when people are making edits. You can see who it is and where, what cell they're in, if it's Excel or whatever the case might be. And I think that's, you know, that's really useful. I mean, that goes back to the whole collaborating with people you're no longer in the office with. It's one thing when you can just turn around and be like, hey, are you working on that document? Now with the tools uh, that Microsoft offers, um, it's and probably Google too, like you can actually see what they're doing and collaborate and figure out what you're doing together. Um, and, but I think one of the biggest things is compliance. And that's something that it's always a mountain for people and they hear compliance, there's a little bit of a shrivel that kind of happens. Because, <laughs> but you know, OneDrive, it's got a lot of industry standards and it's gonna help you be uh, compliant with like HIPAA and GDPR and things like that. Yeah, and I, I think it, it that leads into some of the challenges and not, not, uh, technical challenges, but more process challenges and embracing this, it's, it's a different way of working. And so you need to like set, create a lot, you need to start even from an employee perspective and what you expect from them, you need to set good expectations and set uh, processes in place uh, so that the employees are set up for success, that your processes and policies that uh, ensure your data is secure. And, and it's more of a, these aren't like I wrote a Word document, I printed it off, I stick it on the cork board, and I've got my process or my policy. In a lot of ways, it, 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 like a lot of things in cybersecurity, they're becoming living documents where it's, it's something that you may have to go back to and adjust and, and continuously uh, 
improve or adapt as your business is going like once a month, once every quarter, something like that at minimum, uh, because the landscape is shifting so fast these days and new threats are popping up and new tools are popping up um, and new compliance requirements are coming down the pipe. Things that um, like that, that like uh, tax preparers in the U S didn't have to have a WISP a written information security plan up until I think the, it was like December 31st, they had to have it filed with the IRS of last year. So just a couple months ago uh, in 2022, but before that, they didn't even have to think about it. It wasn't a requirement. It was a, only the, the, the cream of the crop, the ones that were large firms that would have an internal staff to start thinking of this would even have some of these documents. Uh, and in, in some conversations we had, it's a, it's a shift of mindset for, for business owners used to a traditional, the computer is a requirement so that I can fill out these digital forms to the computer and the technology is a way of, it, it's got its pluses and it allows me to be more efficient, but it comes with some risk that I now need to control and account for. And, and so like, I think it's a, a, the biggest thing is just making sure it's more discussion with your employees on expectations. It's a, it's more discussion with your IT provider and crafting correct and actionable policies to ensure your data is secure, but there's no one size fits all. And a lot of it is it's, it needs to be tuned to how you operate, how you, you deliver your service or your business offering. Um, and then it's how do we best approach securing that uh, and keeping control of the data while not hindering the business. Yeah, you really need to kind of create a culture of security and make sure that you're providing training and support to your to your users and setting clear expectations of, you know, to some degree, maybe how their network is set up. Um, I mean, because someone's working from home, so they've got like, their home devices, their kids' devices, the spouse's devices. So, you know, you might want to require, you know, like WPA3 or something and just make sure that, okay, if you're going to be wireless, you're working from your dining room table or something like that. You want to make sure that you're using secure connections. And so things that I think uh, a business or workers wouldn't really think about when they're sitting in the office, well, now their home is their office. And I think there's like, you got to step up and take some responsibility because there's a lot of benefits to working from home. I, I know I definitely dig it a lot. So, like you said, I don't have commute time, so I've got time back in my day, but I have to make sure that now that my work computer is now part of my home life to some degree that like, I need to make sure that I've stepped up and I'm protecting my company's computers as well as my own. Um, and I think having clear direction on how to do that and what those expectations are, help everyone be successful. Absolutely. And it's from the employer's perspective too. There are things that you as an employer can do to help ensure that you don't create undue risk to your employees, home environment, home network. Uh, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship, kind of like a yin and yang where there it's because when, when everyone's in the office, you can control everything soup to nuts and you can ensure that everything inside your four walls is secure and you control how the access in and out of that environment uh, from a, a technology or a networking perspective operates. But once the, the device is out in, in each employee's home, you need, yes, you need to be protect. You need to think of how you can ensure that your employees network 
doesn't create an undue risk to your corporate asset, but you also need to think about how your corporate asset doesn't create an undue risk for your employees network as well. Um, and there, like you mentioned, one way is in requiring home networks have certain security practices, or I know there's, uh, depending on what type of networking hardware are you using, um, you can send out physical appliances that just plug in and create a completely separate network. It's like, a, uh, I think Sophos, they used to be called Red. I don't know if they still are, but it was a remote edge device is what it stood for. And you could plug it into the home network and it would create a virtual branch office connection that they could plug into. Um, or in the case of like the always on VPN we use, there's what's called LAN zero trust. So even though my laptop is sitting at my house and I know my network and I control the laptop and I control my home network, my laptop doesn't trust anything on the home network and doesn't allow connections to or from anything on the home network without first being approved through that always on VPN. So it's, it's like even the printer that's sitting three feet from me that's connected to my home network, I have to go and, and request access to it. And it's, it's, it sounds a little overbearing, but it really, it takes like all of two seconds to go, oh, hey, I need to print to this. Here's the, the, the MAC address, or here's the IP address, or here's what Windows says it is. And then we go create the entry, and boom, now my laptop is allowed to talk to the printer. If the printer was some other device that wasn't a printer, it was authorized to talk back to the laptop, you can create that connection. And so anytime my laptop's at my house, it can talk to the printer. But if I'm sitting at another, if I go to your house, Joe, and you happen to have a, a device at the same network address, my laptop powers up. It's not allowing it to, it's not allowed to talk to that exact same uh, IP address or what that device that looks like it's the printer at the same address because it, it, we're creating the policy that I trust the printer. I trust the laptop. I don't trust the network and I don't trust anything else about the environment. And I think that's the big thing for business owners. The big shift is you're going from a, I trust to I, I don't trust. I need to verify before I trust mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's, I, I have nothing to add to that, but that's absolutely right. And that's gotta be the first kind of the first step is don't trust. Yep. And so to sum up things in here, it's, it's how do you keep your, your assets secure VPN, two-factor authentication, encryption, using strong passwords, use it, not, not reusing passwords. Uh, how do you keep your employees productive and, and uh, successful? It's setting clear expectations of, of how, what you expect from them when they're working remote, because it's a different environment. Uh, it's a different uh, focus. It's a different mindset. Uh, you can, what do you expect them to do from a tool? What are you expecting their availability to look like? Are you going to be providing them with stipends now that they're uh, using their home office, their home internet connection. All of that changes once that they go to a remote first work experience. Um, and things like traditional, like how do you stay efficient as a team or as an organization? Tools like maybe legacy project server uh, on premise, if you're like a construction industry or something where you're working in a lot of projects and you're used to everyone opens up the project app and they can see everything. Well, maybe it's time to look at cloud-first tools uh, like Asana or, or other project management tools that give you that same type of experience without requiring all the infrastructure and everyone connecting to a single point and loading a thick client app on their computer uh, and waiting for everything to sync back and forth. Um, using collaboration tools like Zoom or Teams or Google Chat, uh, or I'm sure there's a, a million different 
tools that I'm forgetting on how to stay collaborative. But even this podcast, we're recording it remotely through a web application uh, because it's it's much more efficient and we can have the same kind of conversation like we were sitting in the office, but we can do it without having to sit there and each spend a bunch of time driving into the office and being unproductive on that time. We It, it frees up time to focus on what truly matters with the business instead of just wasting driving around. Anything uh, that I missed on that recap? Yeah, no, you know, yeah. And it's, it's a really human nature thing and it's just be open to change because that's really what it's all about. Right? It's, it's, it's about, okay, I'm going to have, have this set of deliverables and I do it this way. I got to be willing to do it this way. And I think once I kind of got over some of my like old man, like I'm used to doing it this way because I've been doing it whatever for, for, you know, 10, 15 years. It's like, like you just said, like, this is a web app. I like the website and now I'm just recording this and there's like not a microphone, there's no lights, I didn't have to drive into like, you know, it's pretty amazing. And it was like, you do it once or twice and okay, you kind of have that muscle memory. And it's like, okay, this isn't hard. You just have to be willing to just give it a shot. Absolutely. I, I, I think uh, I need to get a poster made up for my office because it's one of the things that, that sticks with me a lot. And I challenge my business partner a lot, not that he has the mentality, but I like asking him all the time. It's why are we doing this? And any like the, to me, the answer to that question should never be because that's how we've always done it or because that's how we did it last time. It, the answer should be uh, uh, based in because it's the best way to do it. And here's why uh, and, and all that. And it's this is a time not the I don't want to get into the before times and the after times of, uh, and the new normal mentality. But there was a major paradigm shift um, and, and it's 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 a challenge at times to be open to this level of change in such a short period but once you get on the other side of that man is it an awesome garden that appears that you can then do a lot more than you ever thought possible uh in, at least in my opinion yeah i mean when was the last time we had a phone conversation like it's all video and i think when you're working from home that's kind of important like you see your coworkers, and it's not just like a voice in a, in a, in a box and sitting in a room alone or whatever the case might be i think because i mean if you've got your if you're using office and you've got the you know right licensing for it you've got teams and then you've got like if you know if you want to just use your phone you got facetime like there's so many options to really like interact with your coworkers when you're working from home where like you don't you know, like I don't feel like lonely working from home. I, it's like a great hybrid of I'm, I'm efficient because I don't have, you know, that like getting caught up in conversations that maybe I don't need to be or whatever the case might be. You know, I mean, just general office banter. I mean, it has its upsides. I'm not going to say that it doesn't, but from an efficiency standpoint, I can get my work done, but like I could interact with people and, you know, I see your face a whole bunch of times during the day and like, I don't feel like I work alone. I absolutely feel like I work as part of a team, even though I'm working from home because I see you guys all the time. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate your time today, Joe, as always. Uh, if anyone uh, listening to this or has any questions, concerns, want to have a chat about uh, best ways of embracing more of a remote workforce or securing the workforce you got, uh, feel free to reach out. We're always happy to have a conversation um, like the least salesy salesperson there ever is uh uh so absolutely happy to just have a conversation with no pressure no sales and just see if i like 
if I can help point you in the right direction, we'll absolutely do that.